Amen. So we started last week on a series called Restoration, and, and we want to really focus on building beyond ourselves during this time. We don't know how long it will last, but we have encouraged you to join us. And this morning, our second week into the series is called Walking with God. So just simply want to talk about walking with God. And, and Nehemiah, um, as we started last week, we gave a little bit of an intro. And if you missed that, please go and dig deeper for yourself about Nehemiah. A phenomenal, phenomenal story in the Bible. But um, we, we really want to spoke, we we're going to speak about this morning about what touched his heart, not just what touched his heart, but why he was so moved. Remember just briefly, he, he heard news about the walls in Jerusalem being broken down and, and it touched his heart. And um, chapter one particularly introduces us to, to how Nehemiah um, responded, but actually what chapter one introduces us to is how Nehemiah relates to God. And so now, when we talk about walking with God, that's really the focus this morning, and how we can encourage one another from the story of Nehemiah in terms of walking with God. And it's quite interesting that not only in chapter 1, where we see the bulk of the chapter is about his prayer to God, we see numerous times throughout the rest of the book how he prays and how he talks to God. Which does help us understand that Nehemiah had a relationship with God. He didn't have this ritual that once a day or once a week he would go to a spot and, and he would find a moment and then talk to this unknown God. He addresses God. He speaks to God. He knows God. He knows God's promises. He knows about God. And it's quite amazing. You would find that in chapter 2 if you got your Bibles open with me. Chapter 2 and verse 4, he's speaking to the king. And we'll get to the story still, but just for, as an illustration, it says, Then the king said to me, the king asking him, you know, why were you so sad and etc. And, and he says to him, Nehemiah, what are you requesting? So as Nehemiah considers the answer to the request or what the king is asking, he says, so I prayed <laughs> to the God of heaven. It's like in that moment, while he's busy conversing with the king, he says, I prayed to the God of heaven. So he realizes I'm in front of a king, but actually what I need more is the king of kings to intervene. There's another example of this in, in chapter 4 and verse 4 where it says, he's involved in a situation where he's being opposed to, to the work that he's busy, that he's busy doing. And, and in verse 4, People are saying all sorts of stuff about him. And he says, you're a God, our God, for we are despised. Like he's listening to the stuff that people are saying about him. And then in his heart he's saying, you're, oh God, our God, for we are despised. So he's not saying, ah, it's not true. It's not right that you say these things. He's calling out to God instead. Amazing, isn't it? That, that as humans, we ought to listen to what people are saying, but actually not always. We ought to cry out to God and say, God, you hear them, but what do you say? And please help me. And there's a couple of examples of that. It's about 10 times that in throughout this, this whole book that, that Nehemiah converses with God, which illustrates to us that 
It's really not the news about Jerusalem that moved him. It is his relationship with God that caused him to be moved about the news from Jerusalem. We hear all sorts of news. But within a relationship with God, things perhaps can start moving us. So the question is not, are we moved by what we see? But the question is this, are we in relationship with Him to be moved? Because really that's what, what moves our hearts. And I understand that there are many people in this world that are not believers and that they are constantly aware of needs of people. We have many organizations in the world that have, that have done so much in terms of helping with the needs of people. Correct? Many, many of them. Secular organizations. We have secular people. People that are not believers, unsaved, do not consider God at all in their lives. And they, they do reach out to others. And so they do help. And they do care. And they do feed. And they do support. But ultimately, the thing that God wants us to bring to people is not food or skills. Is the gospel. That is a medium, correct? It is a tool for us to get to the hearts of people. But ultimately, what people need is God. And so, in a world where people are disconnected from God, they may give them good things and, and good help and good support, but ultimately, they're not giving them the real thing that they need. And that is the reality of who God is. Years ago, in 2007, we had this privilege from South Africa to come up regularly to Zimbabwe, and it turned out to become an, almost a monthly trip for us, where we brought food, 2007, 8 and 9, into particularly the rural areas of this nation. And, and God was incredible in how He funded that. We would buy, to the extent of 250,000 rands worth of food every five to six weeks and, and bring them up here and bring it all up. But the one thing that we felt God said to us clearly as daylight that I don't want you to bring food primarily. I want you to bring my heart. And I felt God said to me, each packet of food is a letter from me. I want you to make sure that people see it's from me, that it's not from an organization, not even from a church, but it's from me. And so what we decided to do is not to bring the food up in bulk, which we could have. Could have just got a few trucks together and just ship it across and dump it somewhere and then, hey, great, we've done it. But God said, I want people to take the food to people. Because I want people to communicate my heart and not just my hand being shown to them. And so we felt challenged. And it, and it became a huge thing that every week, literally, people will pass through Joburg where we lived in Midrand and churches from across the country, as far as Cape Town, would come through our spot, pick up and collect food and take it to places in this nation that we would ask them to go to. And we had about 27 different drop-off points. But with this one aim, don't just take food, but please take the heart of the Father to people so that people can see it's Him and it's not actually people giving it because God is interested in the hearts of people not just in our stomachs with all due respect God wants to touch our hearts and so it's easy to give food actually it is but to communicate a message is another thing 
And so we see here in the story of Nehemiah that God was interested in something more than the walls being rebuilt. He wanted their lives to be rebuilt through the understanding of who God is. And so Nehemiah understood that. And when he saw and he heard the news, it was God moving him to not just go and rebuild the walls, but to go and rebuild the relationships that were broken with God. And you'll see it throughout the book that that became Nehemiah's passion and his ultimate call. But Nehemiah could do that. You've got to remember Nehemiah was a cupbearer. He didn't know anything about rebuilding and construction and stuff. It's like asking me. When I came here, I got involved in farming. I've been a, I've been a pastor all my life. I don't know anything about farming. But God used it to connect me to people. And so ultimately, it's again not trying to skill people in farming technology. It's about touching people's hearts with the reality of who God is. And so whenever God calls us with something ridiculous, it may sound outrageous, but God says, I want you to actually respond to me because ultimately it's about getting my gospel, getting my heart to people. And so Nehemiah, in his relationship with God, recognized that there's something more to be done than just going to rebuild. And so as we talk about walking with God, the world that we have been called to rebuild is directly dependent on the condition of our relationship with God as individuals. Your relationship, my relationship with God affords us the opportunity to rebuild the world around us. You may be called to rebuild a physical wall, but it's done and it ought to be done from the premise, the basis of our relationship with God because ultimately what we need to communicate and convey is our love for God, not the skills that we have in our hands. And I know many of you have great skills, incredibly skilled. I wish I could learn from you and, and those skills that you have. Jeez, it's amazing, it's wonderful to be able to see that and how God is, is using people in this, in this city particularly through men and women sitting in front of me. But you know what? God has skilled you with something more. And that's the ability to relate to Him. And it's out of relating to Him that you're able to relate to people and then give them more than your skills can ever give them. Well done, faithful and good servants, for using your skills to connect to people. But you know what? There's ultimately something higher involved and bigger involved and in God connecting you to people. And it's connecting them to God and using who you are. And I say it many times to many of you. You will touch people that I will never be able to communicate to. I am not called to reach the city primarily. We together are. You're going to be in places and meet with people that I will never be able to meet. And I'm happy with that. So my big job is actually, in my task, and our calling is to equip you that as you go with your skills to connect with people and introduce them to a relationship with God. We cannot rebuild unless we relate. We cannot rebuild our own lives through the grace of God unless we relate to Him. We cannot rebuild this world unless we relate to Him and relate to people. 
God has not called us just to go and sit in one corner and say, all you need to do is just relate to me. No, it's from our relationship with him that we relate to people. Because we have a gospel command to obey. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And so that is what we ultimately do. We use our skills to relate so that a rebuilding process can take place. And so this morning, I just want to talk about four general positions about walking with God or relating to God and, and use it as a, as a means to inspire you. And I, and I, I kind of feel that I would probably go into the detail of each one of them into the future, into the couple of weeks that will be following. We're going to be in Nehemiah for a while, all right? So just kind of settle at that. You good with that? All right. So uh, keep on staying there. You can read the rest of the Bible too, but we'll probably be in Nehemiah for a while. The th first thing I want to talk about is, is talking at God. In terms of relating to God, in terms of walking with God, I want to firstly introduce us to this understanding of this concept or this position of talking at God. And I want to ask someone to come and help me with that. Any volunteers? Anyone? 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 No, I can't tell you now. So I won't embarrass you. Oh, yes. Rudo, come on. Gee, that's so cool. Rudo, can you come and, and uh, just stand here? And I'm going to move away from it a bit. I'll give you this so far. And just stand there. You're going to stand with that. Stand it. I've, I brought a couple of Lego blocks around. And I um, want to use it as an illustration. So let me just check them out here a bit as well. All right, Rudy, we, you're going to help me, all right? We're going to rebuild something that's in pieces over there. And so I've got the, the picture here of a simple helicopter. And thank you to the McGowans for allowing me to use their toys. It was difficult to get them out of Bob's hands because he was really enjoying them yesterday afternoon. But thanks, Bob. We, we won't, we'll give them all back, hey, buddy? But um, this is a, a picture of, of a model, a Lego model, that we're busy building right now. And Rudo, you see it? No, you don't. Um, the rest of you can see it. It's lovely. It's a police helicopter. Say with me. <laughs> and so could you start and just build it for us, please? Um, you've got everything there. All the blocks are ready. So I would like for it to look like this. Okay, go for it. I, I've started it for you already. See, there's a base at least or something alike. So go for it. I mean, you can see there's, there's a piece of the wing somewhere here. See there? That'll help. All right, you can put it together. All right. Gee, that's going to be... No, I don't want you to build a helicopter pad. Uh, it's a helicopter that I want you to build. You want to see quickly? There you go. Um, you've got an idea of what I want. Correct? Are you okay with doing this? Is this easy for you? No, <laughs> Not. Well, I'll stand closer to you. So, okay. How I want you to do it is take... And what? You know what? You can go sit down. It's fine. I think it's going to be better if I do it. Thanks very much for coming up. Okay. Ruda, you've been amazing. <laughs> now, the point is this. Talking at God is, is almost exactly what I've just done. I'll take what I want and what it should look like. And I say, God, 
This is what I want. And God's obviously bigger to know what exactly I'm talking about. Rudo couldn't see this. And with all due respect to her, I didn't show her at all. So she had no idea. God would have an idea what I'm talking about. The point is this. I stand here and I say, God, a couple of things that I would like in my life, and this is it. And so I tell God, God, would you do the following? God, I've, I've not come into this, this, this walk with you, and, but I want you to do things like I want them to be done. And so I actually talk at God. I'm not talking to God. I'm talking at Him. Saying, uh, 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 no, no, that's taking far too long. You said what I will have, your promises in the Bible, or what, 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 and, and it's not coming to fruition. I'm, I can't wait that long, you know, God. So why don't you just hurry up a bit? God, you, you promise that you will care for me, that I won't suffer, and I won't this, and I won't that, but I'm doing, I'm going through all these things. What's up, God? So we start treating God like that. In, in terms of supposedly relating to Him, we're just talking at Him. They say talking at someone reveals a heart of pride because we're not open for their response and their input. None of you ever do that, all right? This is hypothetical stuff. I know, I know. But the point is we, we sit with our plan, our model, and mind, and we say, this is what I want. Pretty nice. So God, why don't you just do what I expect of you to do? And you're the master builder. I mean, you can build much better than I can in any case. So just go ahead and do it. God says, no, no, no. And somebody's got to control this. And it can't, can't be you. Can't be you. Talking at someone disconnects us from that person. And if God is the other person in this context, we are speaking about completely detaching ourselves from Him. There's no relationship. It's just one person trying to call the shots. And by the way, God is not going to be jumping up and down at what we insist on. We have this weird theology sometimes that we think God is just waiting. Yeah, yeah, and, and what else is there that I can do for you? It's not God. We don't relate to God and cannot relate to Him like that. We think he's just ready, just at the click of a finger, he's there for us. God is God, and a relationship with him doesn't work like that. A biblical example is in, in 1 Samuel, there's a verse up there, or the whole chapter, 1 Samuel 8. Just quickly, the, the context is, is Israel has now moved from Egypt into the new promised land. And, and, and what they find in this promised land is, is that the other nations around them have kings. Look, they've never had kings. God had never purposed for them to have kids. Oh, kids. Kings. Kids they were supposed to have. But kings, no. And so they start seeing, well, hey, this is a kind of nifty idea. We can have a king. Then we can build him a palace. And we're kind of like, whoa, that's our king. Yeah. It gives us perhaps identity. And they were looking for some identity probably in that. And God says, no, identity is found in following me. Anyway, God says, no, I don't want you to have kings. They go to Samuel, the prophet. They say, we want to have a king. They insist. Samuel says, God, these guys are insisting. They're talking at me. They're actually talking at you, God. They have the model. They see the other nations have helicopters. They want one too. So God, come on, jump. Make it happen. 
Make it happen. And God says, well, this is what will happen if I make it happen for you. He warns them. They're like, we don't care. It's fine. They have a king. Talking at God. The second thing I want us to to focus on is, is talking to God. Talking to God. And it's it's so different than what we just looked at. In this model, we start ignoring the booklet or the instructions that we've had in our hands and how we want our lives to look like and function. And we start becoming more comfortable just using everyday language and talking to God. We're not talking through this. We're not using this as the, the basis for our, our moments with Him, our discussions with Him, our conversations with Him. We put this aside. At times we're like, God, do you remember? God says, yeah, it's fine, whatever. But we're not building our relationship with him on the premise of this. We now cross into a place where we simply talk to God and discuss things for him, with him. And we get excited to not just share information of what we want and need from him, but we start talking much wider to him about just what our needs are. We start talking. Not at, but to. We recognize that God is God. And he wants me to talk to Him. And we simply call this prayer. I just talk. It's not something highly super spiritual. It's nothing, something, something strange. It's just a simple thing called prayer. And many relationships I know start off on a difficult way. I mean, those of you that are married here today, the conversations that you would have with your wife today, the good ones, deep ones, didn't come overnight. Correct? It took a while. I'll never forget the first conversation I had with Samin in person alone, just the two of us. It was at her school. She was still at school. And I remember driving up the driveway of the, the boarding school and Louis Trichart, that was. And my heart was like, doo, doo, doo. I didn't know whether she was going to recognize me. I hadn't seen her for months. And I can't take, go into the, the detail of how and whatever. But I remember that first conversation so clearly. I was dead scared. I was so scared. I was like, God, you're going to help me. And I'd fallen in love with her already. She didn't know that. And I, I kind of had to pace myself into this. And, but I'll never forget that first conversation. And if I compare that first conversation with the conversations that we are privileged to have now, it's like miles and miles apart. Because God has privileged us to grow closer to one another. And so it's the same in our relationship with God where we start talking to him about, initially about things that may be on the list, you know. It's like, I, I don't know how else I, I need to talk to you, God. I, I've got this stuff, and, and, I, and I know you can help me, but I, I don't want to just stick to this. I want to go beyond this. I really want to engage you. I really want to get to know you. And so God says, let me show you how to do it. Why don't you go read Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13, and Jesus says, this is how you can do it. He says, how you do it, it's not the Lord's Prayer. By the way, this is an incorrect reference to this portion in the Bible. It's not the Lord's Prayer. It's our prayer. 
It's our prayer to the Lord, if you want to use those words. It's our prayer that we use to pray. And this is not the formula. This is just an introduction to what more can come. He says, hey guys, if you want to talk to God, just start off by saying, our Father, our Father in heaven. Don't start with the list. Forget about the, the instructions and the model over there. Just start with, my dad in heaven, you're amazing. That's talking to God. And we get there as we pursue and as we push in and as we try. And we take time out to just talk to him. He loves it when we talk to him. Why do you think the Bible is full of prayers of people who pray to God? There's a value found in that. And it's not models. By the way, there's not one prayer the same. If you ever want to do a study of all the prayers that are documented in the Bible, you will find that not one of them will be the same because not one of us are the same. Look around. <laughs> you notice that not all of us are the same? Uh -huh. We're all different. And so when we talk to God, it'll be different too because we are unique. But what we talk about is the important thing because we want to relate to Him and not just use the manual. God says, why don't you talk to me? And Matthew 6 is so clear. The third thing I want to use as, a, as an illustration of how we can relate or walk with God is, is simply just listening to God. See, somewhere when, when we engage in a conversation and we start growing, I've got to allow Samin to talk too, you know? And I do allow that. Amen, Samin? You've got to just, this is your part. No, no, no. Say yes or no. Just, I don't want to know how much. I'm just asking. Do I allow you to talk or not? She says yes. That was a yes. That was a yes. I she said it in Afrikaans and interpreting it means yes. My husband is amazing. He loves it when he can listen to me. Correct. We're not, a relationship is not about monologue. It's dialogue. Amen. Where we allow the other person to talk too. I do feel that sometimes in our walk with God, the person who talks the most is the one who kind of wants certain things from God and we don't listen. We need to as we relate to God. Because remember, as we relate, we can rebuild. As we relate to Him, we can rebuild and see rebuilding take place in our lives. We can see rebuilding take place in the world that we're in. And so as we relate... We develop the possibility and the potential to rebuild. And God needs you and he wants you and he has appointed you to rebuild this broken world. But you do it out of relationship with him as you listen to him, as you talk to him, as you listen to him. God wants to speak and is speaking. We've got to just listen. Wonderful example is in John 15, verse 15. I'm going to read it to you because Jesus clearly here says the heart of relationship and communicates that. He says, he's talking to his disciples. He says, guys, no longer do I call you servants. For the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends. For all that I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. He says, friends, I want to talk to you. 
So making known to you what the Father says is my desire for you. So God, because He's never changed, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Today, this is what the Holy Spirit wants to still do, is to communicate the heart of the Father to us. And not just information. God doesn't just want us to come and sit and, and hear what we need to do tomorrow. God wants us to come and, and sit with Him and, and hear that, that tomorrow is in His hands. No matter what we need to do and ought to be doing. We're like, how do I get that? I listen to you. I listen to your word. And by the way, if you've never heard God speak, why don't you just pick up the Bible and read it and that's God speaking to you? Okay? You don't have to go far. A lot of people love to go into the nature and they experience God in that and all sorts of ways that God speaks. And we'll probably touch on that as we go into the weeks following. But God speaks through His Word too and use that. The last thing I want us to focus on as a way to relate to Him is not only listening to Him, but, but being with Him. It's probably one of the most difficult ones because we can't see God. God is not visible in the sense that we would like for Him to be visible in. He is omnipotent. He is omnipresent. He knows everything. He is everywhere at the same time. So as much as He's with us right now and just doesn't, our minds are not able to comprehend this, but He is in North Korea being with people that are being persecuted at this moment, possibly for their faith. Because North Korea is ahead of us in time and they would have gone through a Sunday as believers trying to serve God like you and I want. And maybe somebody got killed today because they're being with God. We want to walk with Him. And so here, this model, being with God, is not even in sight. We put it completely aside. Say, so God, the most important thing is just to be with you, walking with you. One of the most beautiful testimonies in the Bible is a testimony of a man called Enoch where it says he walked with God and was no more. God kind of just took him up. He walked with God. Being with people, being with someone, we can just enjoy being with them is something absolutely wonderful. We are going through the phase called emptiness syndrome. And um, some of you are going through it as well. We've just into our first week. <laughs> and we're okay. The point is this. As much as we miss our boys that aren't with us at home anymore, we've started finding a new rhythm for ourselves. Without them. And we're starting just to enjoy being together. We've got a lot of stuff that we do together, but it's just amazing. Samina had the privilege of celebrating her birthday on Friday, and I'm not trying to embarrass her, but I just want to honor her. And, and the most amazing thing that she just asked me is, hey, what can I do for you, I asked. And she said, well, just, you know what, take me to Hillside Dam and let's just go sit there. And we did. And we just enjoyed time being together and I think I scored a lot of points by the way but but it was just fun being together just enjoying each other and enjoying each other's company I do think that we get so busy even 
in personal relationships and even so much more in our relationship with God that our being with Him is often related to what we need from Him and what He needs to do for us and etc., etc., that we don't just enjoy God. And that's why I say it's probably the area that we need the most help in. My hands up. That can just simply be. By the way, we're human beings, not human doings, isn't it? And God wants us to come and just be his children, be his son and his daughter. Brilliant story up in the wall there on the screen. It says Luke 10 verse 38 to 41, where Jesus came into the house of Martha and Mary. And you know the story, many of you do, where Jesus would come and dine with them. And and Martha's busy in the kitchen doing all sorts of stuff. and, And Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus and she's just being with Jesus. It's like, man, this is great. And, and for many of us, we're like, how could you just leave Martha to do all the work, Mary? Come on. But in a context, work was not needed. Work was not required because Jesus was there. And so often we can become so busy, even in the life of the church, that we do all the churchy stuff, but we never are with Jesus. We never just sit down and enjoy Him and talk to Him and listen to Him and just relate to Him. Many of songs that we sing today, I believe, were born from moments where people were just with God. Songs like, all I need is you, Lord. Is you, Lord. All I need is you. Songs like, Christ is enough for me. I don't need anything more. Christ is enough. Put the model aside. I don't need that because Christ is enough. Songs like, you're a good, good father. It's like, I know who you are. Not what you do is important to me, but who you are is mostly valuable. Folks, we've got to learn. God wants to walk with us. And we've got to allow him to walk with us. We've got to start walking with him. We can't be talking at God. We've got to learn how to talk to God. We've got to learn how to listen to God. We've got to simply learn how just to be with God. And I think Nehemiah, in the story that he left us, has left us with some valuable lessons to learn. And not just the skill of how to build and how to connect to one another, but it's how to relate to God. Can I have the guys come up and just, as we close, maybe just with a song. And uh, allowing God just to stir our hearts about what is the most important thing. See, part of this restoration work in this nation, in this city, and this world starts with the restoration work in our hearts. God wants to start with us. And how does he do it? Not by correspondence, not online, not through someone else, but through relating to you and me, called relationship. And so let's walk with God. Let's let's understand what that is. Let's grow in that. Let's learn together. So it's not we've downloaded it now, we've got it all. Let's say, God, I want to walk with you. Please help us. Let's stand.